Welcome to the Growing Interviews, a podcast brought to you from growing420.com. In the Growing Interviews, we talk to companies and people from around the world that are involved in the cannabis industry. We hope you enjoy this episode and check out our other podcasts. And of course, come and check out the online community at growing420.com. All right, what is up? Welcome to a special episode of The Growing Diaries. Um, this week, we are very lucky to be joined by Magma Seeds. Um, do you want to let everyone know uh, where to find you, Magma, and introduce yourself? Yeah, cheers. Uh, you can find me on Magma Seeds on Instagram. And uh, I have a web page also with uh, .com, uh, where you can contact me with the contact form. <laughs> this very... Magma, is that just magmaseeds.com? Yeah, but it's very basic. Very cool. So I'll drop them links in chat for you, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for your, uh, thanks for joining us tonight as well, dudes. Like, uh, you're, you're pretty well known in the YouTube chat community. I think uh, you hang out in like 99.9% of the shows that I've seen. But everyone's got their own little history going on, man. And I suppose always the best place to start is like, where was your love affair with the mystical Mary Jane began? Yeah, I, I guess when I was like uh, 14, around 14, I was uh, started to smoke some hash and uh, got very fond of it. <laughs> yeah, I remember the old hash days, man. Can we assume from the accent that it was uh, like Dutch coffee shop kind of hash times? Uh, no, it was more like uh, Moroccan hash. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Go on top shelf straight off the bat. Yeah, no, it used, used to be like this, um, uh, like diners and coffees around the town that you could like pretty much spot the guy who had the good stuff. Just by like hanging out, that's <laughs> it, <See>, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was like really easy. And most of my friends didn't know how to get anything, so I would like take the train and go and get stuff. And there was, was always like a bonus back in the day, so I could survive quite good on that when I was young, just doing shopping and getting bonuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there was there flour around back then, or was it like over here? I, 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 I'm guessing by the tone of voice that we're probably not a million miles apart in age. There wasn't flour. It was flour, but I mean, hash was everything. That was it for quite a while. There was no no. There wasn't really wasn't really any flour. It was just like uh, just like Moroccan mostly. You could get others others imports too, but like it was dominated by Moroccan, and then you had like dry Moroccan and you had the the fat the pollen ones the lightly pressed ones yeah yeah and then you had like the ones that would bubble a lot that were like the the wind oilies yeah the the Afghanistan Pakistani sort of oily hashes I remember them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they used like a little bit later uh, when I was in my 20s there was more like uh, Afghan and Pakistani but when I was Younger, it was like uh, mostly mm. Moroccan, yeah, and really, really no no flowers at all. Uh, so I went to to the states as like an exchange student, yeah, and and I lived in 
VA, Virginia, like up in the Shenandoah area. And I guess that's where I was introduced to like uh, weed, like flowers. When we talk to people from over the pond, they had the opposite. They just didn't have no hash. It was all flour or like the Mexican weed that was coming up. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite mad the um, the difference because all we had was hash. And over that side, it was, they didn't even know what hash was, it seems, unless they were making it. Yeah, themselves, no, so. I, I was at like a stable one time and I remember they were smoking like hash on a, on a knife that they were heating up. And they were like taking the smoke into a glass. And then trying to suck it out of the glass as it got caught. And I was like, that's really, why Why you don't roll up the hash, you know? Yeah, yeah, enjoy it properly. So I like the hash flavor, I always go on about it, but it is, it's, it's something a bit of a lost, um, I don't know, art these days, just because no one's really interested in, in where we are in the world anyway, which is a real shame. But if you could, it, I really enjoyed the hash, especially rolling out. Yeah, lovely chubby. What guys are old school, man? I remember my uncle when I was a teenager, like cutting off a bottle and being like, check this shit out. <laughs> Whoa, fancy tech. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy the uh, the wow factor of hot knives, but it's not like a go-to for me at all. Yeah, no, I don't I don't smoke much import now, but sometimes, you know, if there's good stuff, it's uh, it's good. Did you start growing at that point, or is that like uh, did you no, start like, like, looking for more flour, or just to enjoy hash more? Yeah, so when I was in Virginia, I like, I guess um, the people I got to know were like big time stoners. So pretty much every day was just like going to friends' houses and smoking weed because oh. the parents didn't care. And uh, it was a lot of good weed, uh, at least like compared to not having seen flowers before at all. So that must have been an also, experience, yeah. Yeah, so I came back to Nor uh, to Norway after being in the states, and it was like no weed again. And I was hunting and looking everywhere to try to get some weed, and I was getting good hash, but. Uh, I was still trying to get weed because that's what I was looking for. And I got in contact with a few people from some like pipe shops and stuff like that. And that kind of led into like growing equipment contacts and stuff like that. And then I was uh, looking a lot on the forums after I started like finding weed here and there and people was growing it. So I figured I had to start growing myself. And uh, me and a friend, we tried before to grow in like his uh, apartment in his closet with uh, like those uh, lights with that you use like the halogen lights for uh, outdoors. And that didn't really work well. So took a while after that and I think like a year or two after that I started growing with the had the Dutch pot system I set up that's fine I can Google 
Is, is that similar a... to like the Hempy buckets? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's think. like a high recircling hydrogen system. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't see that much anymore, do you? It's not something that you see people doing. But yeah, and no, I'm looking at them now, and that's exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I started playing around with that, and then I got like into overgrow. And I was playing around with making my own deep water culture bucket just with like uh, plain water, and that worked really good. Uh, and then I got like a good apartment and I set up like uh, Coco's Labs and the yeah. Dutch pot. So I had like a big room on the top of this. Uh, Shopping center. Nice. No one knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like a artist place. So most of the people around were just like businesses. I see you dipped your toes in a few different styles, then, which is always yeah. good. I think you do. Sort of people get the one track, don't they? I've done it myself with Coco for a long time now, and I've sort of it's hard to pull myself away from it and try something different. So. It's good to to play in everything that you can to really see what works for you. So, if out of all the systems, which would you say that you preferred or that you've ended up in? Yeah, no. So I did the cocoa for a while, and then I did like uh, uh, soil and cocoa with uh, drip systems. Yeah, and I, and I was happy with that. And I've done uh, a lot of deep de deep water culture. And uh, recircling deep water culture, and I really like those systems, uh, but they're really vulnerable also. So yeah, yeah. it was like perfect to run on my own, uh, but not so cool to run with partners. Hmm. <laughs> I've got to stick to the same numbers in them kind of systems. Yeah. So I, I, is it? Is it say it, is... And then like the hydroton, I. I I enjoyed the hydroton, but it was like uh, hell washing it in between every run. That's the thing. I'll get rid of it, and then there's nothing more obvious than hydroton, is it? I mean, to try and get rid of it's it's one of them nightmare mediums that it's it's probably the most obvious of the mediums to try and dump somewhere or get rid of at the local tip. Yeah, or... yeah and I used to do like uh, I test all the different nutrient lines too so I used to do like camna uh, and advanced nutrients and uh, in the beginning I was using the general hydroponics with the Lucas formula mm. and uh, I was turning more organic and then there was like a lot of problems with the grow stores uh, so out of necessity I figured it was time to turn organic yeah. I've, I've been organic since for like maybe 10 years. Oh, fair play. So, been in it a long, long time. Um, you see a lot of people yeah, shying so away from it because it seems a bit tricky sometimes. But I mean, a lot more people are doing it now. We always talk about it. And the information is definitely a lot more available to a lot more people for it. So, for organics. Yeah, now it's, uh, it's really available. And like I got interested in organic because I was watching a lot of permaculture videos. Yeah. So I was, 
I was kind of more hooked on that part of organics than just like just like super soils and all that stuff. Mm. Like I did a little bit uh, amendments and biodynamic amendments and stuff like that when I had it uh, available. But now I just do like just soil, the local soil and mulch and a little bit compost. It's easy. I mean, it's going to get much more economic style of growing. Are you uh, using local stuff? That's what I think a lot of people are trying to do now. So, but it's still, I think, once you start looking at it, you work out a lot of it is probably available local. But so as Coop was saying, it's just popped in chat. Um, you know, they, they put it in a bottle for what we want it for, and it's ten times the price. But a lot of it is probably local. You can source it locally, and as I said, the information is now there to do that and to convert these bottles or these nutrients or these bags of specials, you know, whatever is in it from a can of company and use your own stuff. It's a fair play to you, man, doing it all local. Yeah, and I was, before I uh, moved to Spain, where I live now, uh, I was uh, growing uh, outdoors in Scandinavia in like a greenhouse I built. And I think that was like uh, very underrated. Thing. So I'd imagine that greenhouse you need, wouldn't you? Um, with the yeah, and like most of the time, you know, the frost can be like it just kills everything, mm. and you end up with not what you want, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think like if when I was doing it, I built like this uh, house around it, and I was using a little bit light when the winter time came to yeah. just heat it. But the energy cost was like compared to nothing. Compared, if you look at indoor, yeah, yeah. the plants were like monsters, you know. So <laughs> I'd love to have seen I, that. Yeah, I think that's like uh, if I was in UK or like the north, I would uh, I would run like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's uh, you can do it like in your local soil, many places. Yeah. Or you can get get local soil, and if you get the IPM going with the, from the beginning, and you put filters on the intake and stuff like that, it just looks like a shed. And it's almost like in the winter time, you know, there's nobody out looking for big crops in the winter. Of course, so, of course. You're gonna, you said you're going to heat it, and you can keep it a decent. Um local environment inside there yeah i mean i'm sure a lot yeah of and you can use like a you can use like a rocket stove yeah it's like a wood burner and you can run the pipe uh, along the sides and that can heat like a big greenhouse so yeah. so cheap so it's i think uh outdoor is really cool you know when you when you look at it from a perspective where you try to use as little input as possible yeah no, I was saying I've been. I don't see a lot, and he's doing. Someone says something, and it's quite a simple idea, but you have to have done it to do it. But yeah, these little stoves, like you said, in in a greenhouse, and to the cost of running an indoor grow, it's not going to be anywhere near that. So you're right. That's quite an eye-opening thing to think about, because that's yeah, mainly what you're dealing with is the temperatures. So, and especially in like if because I was looking at autos for a while, and mm. it was just like not what I was looking for at the moment. And when I put my some of my indoor strains outside, they were like beasts. 
especially if you gave them a little bit veg and like keeping a veg room was very low energy compared to like just running indoor compared to like vegging just to pop them outside when you feel like it and yeah of course yeah you don't really need to veg them either in the northern climates because the sun you know it, it does the job for you yeah yeah no, it's, I'd love to have seen it I really would I mean it's, I, I, I like setups I love that one of my passions is looking at setup designing setups and just the idea of now having that stove in there got images in my head of like seeing especially the Scandinavian backdrop outside I bet it was beautiful man but yeah very yeah, very cool like, like you could use uh, uh, compost also and heat, uh, like just have water circulating in the tube and have that running through big compost mounds. It's called Jean Payne technique. And that's that's an easy way to heat big greenhouses too if you like yeah. if you have the space and the, the playtime. Jim O sent me a, a video once of uh, someone that tried to use central heat and I think they've done quite well with it as well. It's amazing yeah, temperatures no, it's, big big piles get to in the middle, you know? It's mad. Yeah, and I think like if you set it up right, they should go for 18 months. Mm. So if you have one running and then you set another one up as soon as that's coming to an end, you know? It's if you're using really the Yeah, and you get the compost at like pH 7. Mm. If you do it correct. Yeah. I mean, if you get to use the compost as well, you've got, you've got free heat. It's all of a sudden you're using your compost. It's winter, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So, um, so where did we go from there? I mean... Yeah, so um, I, I moved to Spain and I took some stuff with me and uh, like from, from having uh, grown a lot of stuff, uh, I'm now working a little bit with some of the stuff I have mm. and doing some breeding projects with different uh, different lines that I found interest in. So at the moment I have uh, Yeti with a triple OG cross. It's, it's like a Yeti OG F3 from Lumpa. Must be of OG, and you can't run with OG. Just getting these tabs on. Really nice. Triple OG from uh, Exotic Genetics. So I have that, uh, and I'm there at uh, F1 now, and I'm gonna take them to F2s. The, this and, is uh, the plan for you, obviously moving forward. Then is yeah, no, I did a I, I, I like, uh, I. I've done test runs on many of my crosses and now I'm at the point where I'm taking a lot of because uh, like I have different amounts of seeds of different stock yeah obviously so some of it I have available and it's tested and other stuff is like uh, in progress to make more seeds because I have very low stock yeah 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 so at the moment I'm working on like the stuff that I tested last year. Uh, my favorite line from that is what I'm working on now. And then I have a lot more stuff that I really liked, but it wasn't as 
distinct, but still it's like really, really unique terpenes. So I'm gonna do like more testing some some of those to get those down the line. Uh, but at the moment I'm also test running uh, some sativa crosses I have. Did you see a reflection in when you obviously moved, you were doing some outdoor growing to where you are now? Did you see a reflection in different climates affecting the strains differently or? Yeah, no, really, because uh, like I'm growing outdoors in a greenhouse <laughs> uh, in the soil. So I'm testing the stuff much more for like pest resistance. And yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really warm here. So I get to see how they perform with this climate and I can't really amend it, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to find the stuff and the phenols that uh, I feel like are handling it best Yeah, to, this... to continue working with. It's a good, good, heavy duty testing though, isn't it? I mean, two different, completely different climates almost, you know? I know you're in a greenhouse, obviously, but... Um... You know the different levels of light and yeah, yeah no, I used to be cool. all I used to be all indoors, so it's been like a gradual move outdoors. Yeah. But um, I really enjoy the sun. It's uh, it's very like where I am now. It's twelve twelve almost all year, so yeah. every everything just pops into flowering. So like yeah. I, some of the stuff I know I can't like put it out and test it straight from seed because it's not going to be very tall. So those lines I have to get my selections and and then try to hit them with some of the lines that do perform well. So I can make them work better in this climate to be like something that you can just put straight in the ground. Yeah. And you're going to be able to be happy with it, you know. That's got to be tricky for a breeder now, though, because obviously, I mean, you've before. I mean, I, I know that um, there are a lot of people that were outdoor, but I mean, in Europe, I'd imagine, unless they were the big legal operations, you know, most people were indoor, but now more people, more and more outdoor. So I suppose that has to come into your process, doesn't it? I mean, and and how you're doing the selection. I imagine that's quite tricky for you compared to how it would have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago, especially with the legal markets in the US as well, obviously. I mean, we're talking everybody's outdoor because they're allowed to do it outdoor, you know? So yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great, really, because uh, that's uh, what I'm trying to breed for, for all those people that want to grow outside. Yeah. So no, that's, that's I, I feel like I feel like it's uh, it has to go that way. And like some of the really hot indoor stuff is uh, takes a little bit extra veg time and stuff to run it outdoors. And some of them have mold issues and it just gets too dense. Yeah. And like some stuff gets dense and you, you know, it can take it, but uh, it's just like with fruit, you know, some stuff stores well yeah. and can handle it and other stuff just can't do it, you know. So it's yeah. trying to either, if it, like if, if I have stuff that's worth it, I would uh, obviously try to take it further. 
and uh, right now I have a Zambian with a lemon singer from Bodhi uh, that I'm working on. That's like one of my sativas. And I think that one's gonna be really interesting with the stuff I hit with uh, to make it more like uh, big plants that you can have fun with in a outdoor setting. Yeah. We're just we're just popping it in the ground. No, you said I think it's definitely the way it, it will go and it has to go, doesn't it? It's I know it's, in some places you're gonna have to obviously do your indoor growing where it's still illegal, but I mean hopefully it won't always be like that, you know. We'll all be able to have these great big monsters in our back gardens and or even you know out and about without having to worry too much. Because over here it's still it's it's still better off in, in, in a tent for me as a hobby grower anyway. So, but it's, yeah, it's no, no, definitely no. the way it's going. And I, I'd like when you see these plants sometimes, you see these outdoor legal grows and you look at them, like we get all proud of ours. With our, we have a big plant in our two meter by 1.2 tent, you know, and it's all exciting. And then you see the trees, the people climbing up through the middle of them, you know, what I mean, taking pictures and that. It, it's mad, mad seeing some yeah. of the outdoor stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, in, in the States, they do some big trees. Mm. Even the area, though, man. I think I don't think Kino was there when we were talking about the the land that you have, like um, growing seeds. Like cannabis isn't the only thing you're doing. You're grafting and actually putting in work on a whole massive scale on your property as well. Like I, I don't know, yeah, it's no, kind I of haven't. cool to see so many different. Well, I'm sure you get to see lots of different plants interacting differently, which gives you I don't know just different insight into how you treat your cannabis. Yeah, I, I have like a few hundred avocado trees and a lot of uh, lemon and orange and bananas and different fruit stuff on my farm. So it was like complete desert when I I got it. So That's got to be rewarding. Like a lot of mulch and... And everybody was telling me, you know, like just buy, just buy our soil, buy this, buy that. And there's all these people trying to get me to buy all their nutrients and pesticide licenses. So they all look at me like I'm really strange when I start digging holes in the ground that I have. And I'm like, this is good, man. <laughs> is it? No, but it's it's got to be very rewarding. I mean, as you said, turning that land is yours into a photo. Um, fields and that man, yeah, that, that that's very rewarding, very cool work. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. But it's, so, uh, was that the main reason for the move to Spain? Was it to do with the, the breeding and? Yeah, it was to be like in a tropical climate. Yeah, where I could work on sativas. Fair play, fair play. Uh, and I figured. Uh, it's just like really difficult to find the right setup and place where you can do a little bit bigger scale. Um, I'm not really pushing it that much now, but uh, it's nice to be able to have like a little bit play playroom. Especially what you do, you need that, don't you? You need to be able to be a bit more comfortable in the numbers that you can do and, and, and the things that you can do. 
Uh, so we're saying yeah. we're, we're heavily over here. We're just you know, anything over nine is you know you get you in a bit more trouble. So it really limits us to what we can do and what we can't do, unless you want to take the, the risk to do it. But yeah, no, that's very cool, mate. Very cool. And you, the, the land you're preparing yourself, I, I love it. Honestly, I love the whole idea of it. You know, and the fact that you've upheaved your life and gone. I'm sure the sun had something to do with it. If you have nice hot sunny days, but you know, it, it shows that you obviously this is this is a big thing for you. So, be very interested to see what what comes out. Very interested. Yeah, no, I was actually listening to Breeder Syndicate with uh, Matt Riot, mm. and they had CSI on, and he was talking about running like uh, large populations uh, in small pots, mm. and then like get it halfway through flowering take out uh, the keepers and then kill the rest you know yeah as a quick as a quick way to to progress so this, i think i'm probably think i'm probably going to do that on some some stuff start doing that a little bit yeah no, it'd be very interesting to see what comes out and i love the fact that you you, you the two different Climates almost that you're doing it with. You're having to mix stuff. We spoke to Grower's Choice. He was saying, you know, they take some of their stuff to where they do their breeding, and it just doesn't work. So exactly what you said. So they have to start bringing in other lines to to make it work for the the local environment that they're doing the breeding in, or the, the big scale grows in. So that, that's, yeah, no, no. That's, that's next level though. That, that's the passion that you guys have, you know, as breeders, and to be upheaving your life to do so. So yeah, and I'm trying to like. Uh get my own line mail so like i don't mind using other people's uh, i i feel like i can work with whatever i want you know but uh i prefer to take it a few steps just Make for, it your own before you claim it yeah like uh, it's like it's nice to have like mails from your own stock i think also, well, definitely, especially like you, when you start. So you can go that deep into the rabbit hole. So there's uh, like it's just like uh, feminized and like I do only regular. So for me, the whole feminized thing, when it started out, I was like, man, because I used to go to Amsterdam and buy seeds. Mm. And suddenly you couldn't get any regular seeds anymore. They were all like feminized, no feminized. We don't have any regulars and like could barely get the last stock they had in the end. And then it was just like, these are the last packs. So, yeah. and I, I guess some of them are going back to it, you know, but. Uh, it's definitely seems to be popular again. I mean, you get people that don't want fems. I mean, what refuse them. I mean, it's. It's madness, but it's yeah, it definitely seems to be going that way. We spoke, when we spoke to one breeder, he was saying that all the breeders in that part of the world would meet up and they would exchange genetics. But what started to happen was people would start ripping off each other's genetics in this small group of breeders. So there was only probably 10 to 15 plants for many years that were just sort of swapped in cuts and clones and, and seeds. But that's why a few of them stopped doing the regular breeding, the regular seeds, because no, you couldn't reproduce their strain with a male and a female effectively when you've only got female seeds. So there's people ripping off a lot of hard work, apparently. Um, that, that was one of the reasons why. But obviously it's changing now because everyone's back on regulars and they're charging a lot of money from 
I mean, there's there's some yeah. very expensive regulars out there. So, yeah, yeah I hope I really hope uh, tissue culture is going to change that. Yeah, I think once like people can start sending like small samples of a plant in a vial. Yeah. And you can just take that and get it going, you know, in your little kit and setup. I think I'd rather see like uh, healthy clones being passed. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the the feminized game is fair and all that, you know. But uh, I heard a lot of stuff saying like that. It's not all positive, you know. Yeah, I think it's like most things. The feminized thing for years was good. Uh, it gave people in small environments of wardrobe. It meant you, you knew if you were starting two plants, you know, you didn't have to put note, you could start them. But I think over time, like anything where there's money involved, people start to water stuff down and cut corners where they shouldn't. And that's probably given a lot of, a lot of bad um, sort of stigma and bad reputation to FEMS. Some FEMS, and I, mean, I only stick to certain breeders when I do buy FEMS or if I do use FEMS. It's very, I won't often jump straight into a new breeder and use feminized seeds from, and I only grow fems because of the space restrictions that I've had to deal with. So, yeah, but clones yeah, no, is I the think, way. I, I think some clones. some people that do fem uh, do very serious work and probably do several generations and yeah. get something stable before they feminize it. And I think that's fair you know if people want that they can they can do that yeah but you say do it properly it's just a problem i don't think a lot of people have done it properly for a little while now especially we're trying to rush the hype strains out the door that's where the problem lies i think since there's been this craze over here from like the gelato days and the gorilla glue days suddenly after a year after always say this but a year after gorilla glue became popular there were 10 different versions all o's there was a there was a Gorilla Glue cross this. There was no way that that clone had only really been big on the scene for a year, and suddenly there was twenty strains out there. So they weren't doing the testing, you know. And that's the same, and it follows with your gelatos, your runts, and I think the hype train is what really destroyed um, the the feminized and the rushing of things. Um, anyway, with it, because as on a forum, you do see you see a lot of hermy plants or um, just issues that you didn't used to see. And it's normally with new, new strains. And then if you look at the new, new strains, they've often been crossed with two new strains to make the new, do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a difficult one, but. Yeah, no, I, I think that also sometimes, you know, I guess sometimes people are breeding and flowering stuff at the same place and you yeah. can get uh, cross-contamination yeah and you know there's uh, a lot of levels to it so i think if people test the seeds before they go out then people will get more reliable stuff but at the same time you know it the price and how fast it goes out and everything is really just customer demand so if people want it you know yeah and that's, that's the closest I'm... they can get to it you know i think that's going to please them either way. And if they get the lucky, then they're lucky. And if not, just keep on, you know. 
<laughs> but this is what I always say about, you know, um, it's, it's the demand. And you can't blame certain big breeders, especially if they know they've got to be competitive. They have to compete with the other big breeders out there. So you can see why, uh, as you said there, it's demand. And, and that's why the prices are then people pay it. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's just a bit of a, an iffy one subject. But it's, yeah, you, right. you, you should give anything, just go with, I always say go with people that, you know, you know are putting the time and passion in. Or, you know, if you can research someone and then obviously, um, or tried and tested strains. I won't grow nothing new anymore. I mean, I will offer a, a, someone that I've researched or someone that I can talk to and I can tell has got a passion for it. But if not, I've, I've I had a few mishaps with, mishaps with some newer stuff that I, I was, I popped eight seeds and got 150 phenos. You know what I mean? It was madness. So, because obviously they haven't been put through the, um, the same process as they should, but they used to be. But. Yeah, no, it's not all the easiest descriptions to figure out what uh, lays inside. <laughs> this is it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think it's uh, it's cool. Some some stuff is really stable, but yeah. most of the time it's it's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why I think the regs are getting popular again, and people like yourself and what you're doing. You know, this is the thing. Fifteen years ago, we couldn't sit down and talk to a breeder. Like this, I mean, I mean, even three, four years ago, two lads from the UK, it just wasn't the done thing, you know. But you can now, you can get in touch with these people, you can talk to them, and it, and you can learn so much more about it. It's not just the same ten big breeders and pick one of them, and no one knows who else is out there. You can Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, social media, and you can get to know people almost, you know, from following them and seeing what they do. That's a big part of my, my selection process if I'm trying something new or a new breeder. Yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, really cool breeders in Europe. Mm. All moving forward, which is good, which is good. So, so yeah, so this is, you, you are now strictly obviously outdoor, so there's nothing indoor, no? As in, you're not still planning water or... In the uh, actually, I'm I'm going to do or try to get into tissue culture a little bit indoors. Oh, nice! Uh, so, just for preservation and to play around and see what I can do. Yeah, been a lot and, of talk of that, right? Yeah, and but uh, I think like. Uh, my first indoor project now is going to be a hash room. Yeah, <laughs> on the hash room. Yeah, yeah. with the cooler. Yeah. That'd You'd be need cool. a big old washing machine. But... Oh, you would. That's the thing, though, with all the breeding stock, I mean, it's still usable. The snow, everything, you're shaking off of the seeds, isn't it? Especially if you're breeding, I mean, got to make use of that. Can't give it, getting rid of it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, when I do seed batches, uh, dry sift it then I can wash it or I can try to rinse it out when it's uh... but I think it's best for me to dry sift it and then like play with it after that but uh, stuff that's not seeded I can go straight in the washer with I wouldn't wash the seeded stuff <laughs> yeah it's, uh, no, no, it's... no fresh, no fresh frozen with that. 
No, I mean, it's again, it's the amount of uh, obviously end product that will be there from even the seed run. You sit to dry sift it and then wash it afterwards, whatever. Yeah, I'd imagine it'd be pretty mad. But you see, it sounds like you're like you're tinkering and you know, you say you're turning your own land in and your, your ideas with your stoves and the greenhouses and that. So I'm sure it'd be a very, very, very cool action once done. Yeah, no, I have a lot of um, I have some. Um... Uh, 24 carat uh, from DNA uh, that I crossed with the uh, lemon singer from Bodhi. Yeah. Uh, I have a uh, crop canna cookies and uh, sorrow from TH seeds and some cookies and creams that I hit with that. And also F2 of that line. Uh, it was like really nice, uh, I would say like citrus smell. Yeah. Really, really dominant compared to many other plants. So I'm testing those. Uh, that's a new cross that I'm excited about. And I have a few more of the Yeti cross that I'm also excited about running. And then I have these uh, Iranian seeds. Oh, nice. Uh, that uh, I got uh, gifted. And uh, I tried to pop a lot of them but uh, like close to a thousand but I uh, have like five now that I'm vegging to get as mothers and then I'm gonna test them out to see if there anything to continue with so I'm at least gonna do a F whatever with them They're probably at some high F level so this is a question it's coming from people that we've all got our seed collections and we all like to think that we've got a lot but I mean someone like yourself I'd imagine there'd be millions sat around after a run like that seed storage I'm sure that will definitely be something that people will be interested in chat how, how would you store your seeds what would you recommend the best way for people to be storing seeds especially long term because I'd imagine like I said that you end up with a lot of seeds at the end of these runs and a lot of different ones that need to be kept separate and stored differently. So, yeah, so I, I, I dry all my seeds, uh, like maybe four, four months, three, four months uh, in paper bags after it's been like cleaned off the buds. Yeah. Uh, and then they go into Ziploc bags. Uh, and inside like Tupperware containers in the fridge and they stay cool the whole time so it's just, just fridge storage basically yeah keep yeah. them cool and keep them yeah 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 right. and then if I take them out you know I I leave them to cool down and so you don't open them and get like the humidity on everything yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's something I've seen in the past where I've been rushing things around on much smaller scales, not on tubs of seeds, on bags of seeds. But yeah, it's easily done. But I think it's important because it's one of them things that, you know, a lot of people, I've done it. I mean, I've had seeds that I've kept for many, many years. And you now I haven't, I've finally got, because we get a lot through the farm that we give out. So I've got fridges now from all before, which is my seeds. It just kept them, you know, in the wrong places. And I sat on top of a fridge and forget about them and, and wonder why you don't germinate or, have poor germination rate, so that's good information. Yeah, so there, Thank you. There, there's uh, something called like uh, embryo rescue kits. 
okay that you can get and uh, it's like a tissue culture for seeds so you can crack the shell off the seed and you can take the embryo and you can place it in there you know or it's like a process you know but um, it's something most people i think would be able to do if they have old seeds that they want to be able to test in a safe manner yeah. Oh shit! I like this. I'm just. I didn't know about these kits. I've never. But I'm like, this is something that I could definitely play with. So that one's bookmarked for later. Do those kind of kits come with all the right uh, hormones and shit, and like an idea of what yeah. you're meant to use them and stuff. Yeah. No. I'm. I just ordered some, so I'm waiting for them. I'm going to test it. That's uh, cool. Man. That's cool. I have I'll a be lot watching. of seeds. I have a lot of bog seeds and some old body packs that uh, I've been having like bad germination on so I want to see if I can get higher ratios of success I have no idea honestly I've been growing for many years I have no idea about these I'll be lost on this now all night chasing videos and reading about it but that's that's amazing because we do get that question a lot you know and then the old sandpaper method to try and rough the seeds up and you see all these different ways of like, to rejuvenate old seeds because, like I said, I'm I'm moving home and I found seeds that I didn't know I had that you know in places that they shouldn't be. They've probably been there for three years since so I moved into this property, but they're from the old house. They've been there for ten years before that. Like, and again, in the top of a wardrobe or in the bottom of a drawer because you put things away quickly and you just forget sometimes, you know. So that is, yeah, I really like that. I, I, I might just get one to play with it. It sounds right up my street. Yeah, so, no, it's. Uh... It's a good thing to get. Yeah. Especially if you have something that's like some stuff, you know, when you pop them and they don't sprout, it's uh, really sad. Of course it is. And as you say, sometimes they're very expensive these days as well. You know, people that buy a lot of seeds, you know, there's people that have these seed collections and they just keep buying them. I think we're all guilty of that as growers sometimes. But I mean, if you've got something that's like 50, 100 pound of seed, you can't get it to germinate. It's, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Especially if there's another 10 of them sat there. So Yeah, and especially like all the all the stuff that you were looking forward to take a look at. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have bouts of it. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll have I've no problem germinating. And then I'll, I'll have a bout of like three in a row three germination uh, attempts in a row that just go wrong. It's, no, it's not the seeds because they're three different strains or the different seeds from different packets and that, but I just, it's heartbreaking. It's, yeah, then, no, I, I never really had much problem, but like sometimes from, it's been like all the packs from one breeder, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they've been like heated or something's happened, you know. Um, I, like stuff that normally would be really good, so... It's not like I blame it on the breeders either when it happens. You know, it's just like some packs are just like really low germination. Yeah. That's, and then you have other packs from the same breeder, you know, that everything germinates and you had only success. So uh, yeah. we get to well, forum, but we get questions on the forum sometimes. And when you start really looking into the question or you start talking to them, you realize exactly that maybe the packet of seed has been there somewhere a bit warm or somewhere it shouldn't or hadn't been stored. But they, everyone wants a shout at the breeder or the seed bank they got it from, you know, straight away. But a lot of the time it's just user error. Um, 
or Joe, so depending on how you germinate and doing things a little bit too wet, a little bit too warm, a little bit too cold. But uh, people yeah, do like to I, shout, don't they? I think the so. digiculture can hopefully fix this problem. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you must listen to obviously Operation Grow. I think if, if not, he's, he talks about this. I think he wants to look at doing something. He's had a feature on uh, Operation Grow. Oh, fair play. There you go. Want to check out Magma's cool hat and beautiful face? Oh, is he on there? Yeah. <laughs> I have to have a look. I have to have a look. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's, he's always on about it. So, it's tissue culture. I think he wants to get stuck in with it at some, to some extent. So, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I want to. I think it's going to be real interesting. And like I say, just to see what clones are clones, you know, especially in a market like in the UK, where you have to take someone's word for it. You know, obviously he's got a good friend. It's different, but that clone had to come from somewhere. And you see these people, like you know, nothing that we'd ever get involved in, like on Instagram, that are selling them for stupid amounts of money. And you hear about clones worth two thousand pound, and this US clone worth that much. And you, I always look at them pages, and I think that's just probably some Afghan Kush or a Northern Lights chop off the back of a plant in the back of his tent. You know, you're getting done over. But it's um, be very interesting yeah, to yeah. see that to really trace down the genetics. And not to say, some of the legendary strains that we all know and love over here. Are prevalent in the UK. It'd be very cool, very cool, man. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if you could get like a parental lineage. Yeah, yeah. On on strains, so rather than having like, okay, let's say you say something or something, you know, can you take a parental lineage out of it? You know. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's no reason why it wouldn't, if it isn't coming, it can't. I mean, it, it probably one day, but, you know, you can, there'll be enough genetics. And the beautiful thing is, where it's legal in so many places now, they really can heavily test a lot of strains, you know. It's not going to be like everyone sending in their bit of plant matter from, you know, people in the UK sending it in the, to one plant at a time. I mean, mass. And if the breeders get involved, that's that's where it's got to be where it's at. The breeders, need to, I don't know, would a breeder want to get involved? Some of the old breeders the old European breeds, would they want that? I don't know. It's obviously yeah, going to be no, a few we've been secrets talking about revealed. That Operation Grow. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, it would be really good if it was something for the community, you know? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, in my eyes, should be a non-profit, but, uh, you know, it, it has to be run by higher motivation than I guess. I'm sure the data alone would be worth have a value to it, you know. Yeah, no, I think it has value so, like long term for everyone. Yeah, this is it. So but it, it just it, has to become like a project the community can stand behind. Yeah, that, that's where the conversation gets tricky. I completely understand what you're saying, Magma. Like, I completely see the power in the information, but it almost becomes too valuable when that's amassed in one place. That's why it has yeah, to be no, kept with the right people. I, that, that's why it should in like I would rather see it as like open source yeah. information. Yeah. 100%, because man. I, I think that 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 gives the best makes it a better tool, you know, for everyone. Yeah. But uh it's I, I don't know uh, enough about it really to to go deep. But I I just think it's really interesting like how they do with other fruit and vegetable and stuff and how they can identify a lot quickly and work in certain directions more easily. I think that's 
good. This is it. And then you have this. like then you have like the next layer where they start doing CRISPR, or they use like um, certain compounds to change the DNA somehow and get like stuff kicked out of the DNA or create like other reactions, you know. That, that's where I get a bit mm, about that. Uh, not, not hippie, it's yeah, just no, natural. I, but it's I like, think it's oh. interesting, you know, for, for science purposes, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if um, it's well studied uh, enough to be used uh, on large scale yeah. from, like, uh, from a neutral source. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah, Probably, as soon as you can get something where you can, you know, genetically, well, for lack of a better word, modify something like that, you know, pick out certain traits and make them more prevalent or produce certain cannabinoid terpenes, or even like I said before on one of the shows, like it sounds silly, but a seedless variety. You know, that is something that I think, if they brought that out, that's scary. That, that, I mean, they do it with grapes, they do it with a few different fruits, but that's yeah, scary. Yeah, I think Peter Steve is talking about that. He's seen... Uh, phenos with no pistols. Yeah, but how scary is that? You know, I mean, it, it's just it, it allows someone yeah. to corner that specific strain. It can never be worked with again. Um, yeah, I, think, also, I think it's cool though. It, yeah. If it's naturally selected, you know, it's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Done right. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think you can actually do it yourself. But this is that's not the same. I, I, I'm dubious about getting to the point where we can go on a website and put in I want. 25% THC, lemon terpenes, uh, low CBD, and I want it to be this, that, blah, 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 and they'll give you a seed. I know I'm talking science fiction, but you know what I mean. It's into that point where you're going to be able to go and basically pick everything you want about it. It's nice, and I, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it, but I think it takes away from some of what we do, the hunting process. You know, and if you don't do the hunting process, you miss so much along the way, don't you? You know, you're not going to find some of the things that you weren't looking for. You know, if you can go and get what you want in a packet of seeds and it's going to be guaranteed 100% exactly what it says on the tin, then how do you know if you like that variety or this variety or that pheno or you don't? So it's quite a strange one. But then again, that's talking from a place of complete ignorance. That's just me looking at it from outside with not much knowledge of it, but. It's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And as you say, open source, stay within the right people, then it can't go wrong. You let big farm or big companies or you know, a couple of breeders deal with this, then that information yeah, no, I think is it could be useful. Madness. If you could, uh, you could have it uh, as a very useful tool to just take out like genetics that were bad in general. Yeah. Stuff that you don't want in the population. Like, yeah, yeah insect resistance and resistance in general you know you want to improve on traits for different environments i think all those are really valuable interest points yeah no i totally I mean, agree I, I i i guess it's like um, some people are working on larger scale and they're gonna have a larger piece of the market probably yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's just like with all industries. Once the price goes low enough, most people buy that stuff because it's much cheaper, and that's just how it is. Yeah, and and then there's going to be a niche probably for 
all the other people for those that have maybe a little higher interest in what they consume. Mm. But, but be... uh, I, I don't see the problem or the, or the two colliding really. I, I guess like uh, the big problem, you know, is uh, getting good laws that can protect people that want to do it at different scale. Yeah. But I think that, that, that that's important. It sort of becomes almost like like the, like a, a beer industry or any other industry. What I mean by that is, is you've got some people that want fosters and some people that want their craft beers and their different ales. You know, that, 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 that that's what it becomes, and that's a problem with not a problem, but that happens with commercialization. And I, I always say convenience buying. You know, people will just buy the cheaper stuff because it gets the job done. Probably not as nice as that stuff, but that stuff costs ten times more. But if people want to spend ten times more or ten times more time to get to that end goal than just buying the convenient way to do it, then, yeah. It'd be interesting, but we've got some interesting years ahead. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with what people are looking for, you know, when they're smoking. Yeah, yeah. Not not everyone is smoking large amounts, and it all comes down to your reference points anyway. Yeah, yeah. In one way, you know. You've only seen what you've seen. And you only smoke what you smoked. And once you get like some of those things that just like, wow, this is uh, so different from everything else. Uh, that's where I think it becomes fun, you know. And having gone through so much different seeds without having that experience always, you know. Mm. It's, it's cool when you find stuff that you, you like and you enjoy about uh, scale of popping seeds, is there anything uh, like mutation-wise that you've ever seen and been like, "Holy crap, man! That that's different." Yeah, I've like I've seen some polyploidy uh, 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 filled uh, world of taxi or something. It's called, uh, and uh, where you get like the three leaf sets and also you get like a dragon eye bud on the top almost and the stem is flat yeah man and uh, I didn't really like it it didn't produce it was cool to look at you know yeah you end up finding but... that stem inside is like the entire thickness of the bud and you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah and it's like the it's uh I don't know, it wasn't uh, resonous enough, I guess. Nice to take off the list, but not something you're looking to breed with. Yeah, no, it was, it was <laughs> interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't breed with it. But And when I had it, I, I was looking around on a lot of other people. And I guess it's not always the trait that passes, I think, either. Like, uh, it might stick, continue to stay recessive, you know, in the future, if you don't hit it with another recessive uh, female. And then it might not have the same mutation also. So I know there was a guy in Canada saying he he did it, you know, and got uh, all trifolate or polyploid or world fill a taxi 
And it's kind of a question of like, well done, but has it actually helped at all? Like, kind of like you said before, you kind of look away from it after you've had it once. Yeah, no, I, I guess if I have it again, I'm not going to discriminate. I'll probably test it just to see how it is, you know. But from my experience, I haven't found anything desirable in those. But I wouldn't exclude stuff. And it's, it's interesting to see anyway. And I had, like, uh, variegation on leaves and stuff like that. The, the numbers that you're, you're working at, I mean, the stuff that you see, we, we will never see, you know, or one in a million that we would we would see, be quite mad. Yeah, or like leaves that split like strangely, or the leaves go together, like uh, like you have webbed fingers, you know. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Sorry, yeah, so I guess that's a strange mutation too. Yeah, this is like the, the, on, sorry. No, or like the stem going like in funny directions. Or I have a, a moon dog from Lumpara. Like the, the serration on the leaves is really strange. Mm. But then down down at the bottom, it shot out a new uh, branch with normal leaves. And the rest of the plants has this strange, uh, yeah, really strange. Yeah, bit of the same plant as well. That's the sort of yeah. thing with tissue culture, though, isn't it? That's the sort of thing that could be registered if that was available, and you could get it out there and see if something come back from it. Um, might be you no know, other strains in that line. I've, I've had some strange, strange ones. Again, you know, half a plant doing one thing, half a plant doing another, which has always been really weird to see. Yeah, and I, I think like if, if people have stuff that they feel like it might be something strange going on, but they're not sure what it is. Uh, I know you can get it tested in Europe to see if it has like uh, any bad stuff in it. And then maybe if you talk with people, uh, maybe they can help you also to remediate those problems. Yeah. But... And I think it's going to come to Europe soon, anyway. And it, it, I'm sure it will. And I, I'm, it won't be too many years away until you have these, as you said about the the coach kits. The kits you can do at home almost. You know, I, I see a TH test, uh, THC or a cannabinoid test. I can't remember which one or both. Um, yeah, done everything. Alpha cat, you, alpha cat, you can do at home. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so you know, that's now available to do home testing. So it's not long. I mean, once these once these technologies are out there, you know, people do get hold of them and they will become more commonly available and then cheaper over years to come. So it won't be long until we've all got these. Well, it probably will be a while, but we've all got these little mini labs next to our grow rooms. Yeah, you know, we test everything. It'd be cool, man. They, they got some like THC test stuff now. I think it's called Purple One, like around thousand or two thousand. And then there's other models that are like ten thousand and up. That is in private use, so I guess if people are deeply enough invested into it, uh, it can be an interesting thing to look at. Yeah, I think that's a little unit uh, available. It's like I say, it's not reasonably priced, but it's not extortion, I'd say. But it's like a little THC app 
with a device called the Purple, and it gives you like yeah. some readouts and shit. But we'll be there soon, where it's much more affordable. It's kind of the kind of thing everyone will have in their growth space. It's everything. Once it becomes more demand, I mean, it's just, I always say about example of plasma lighting. It never really got the fill testing it needed because no one wanted to buy it. It was so bloody expensive, you know. You know, LED, the new versions of LED have got cheaper. More and more people use it. More and more people see it. More and more people want it. That's what needs to happen. But it will. I mean, it's it's it's, it's very liberal world we're living in now. No matter where you are in the world, within reason. Even if it's against the law, it's not like it once was, you know, for most countries out there where people don't mind spending. That's the other big factor. You know, people over in, in, in countries you know you shouldn't be doing bits and bobs wouldn't want to spend a thousand pound on an LED light five, ten years ago. But everyone's doing it now. Every everyone seems to have these mad LED or mad double-ended fixtures. Before it was no, I want a 70 pound light in case I lose it tomorrow when the door comes off. You know, so that these kits and these toys that everyone's getting, the rosin presses are now becoming more and more affordable on that train of conversation. It's the same thing. They're now becoming more and more available and more and more cost um cost affordable because more and more people want them so it'd be interesting very interesting next 10 20 years in our chosen hobby or what you do yeah no, hope, so. hopefully it all improves yeah from where it is now you so, mentioned rosin presses I was going to ask earlier have you looked into pressing rosin with the, the stuff that you've Freed seeds, seeds from. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, looking at uh, two different presses. <laughs> <Good man. laughs> it feels like we're on the same brainwave, so I'll, I'll let Kino talk for a while. No, no, no. It's just, <laughs> I was just gonna say hash room, Rosen room. I have to come over and visit, man. I walk around the fields, but it's uh, yeah. I'll do an internship over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ship him yeah, over. No, the the GoPure pressure ones look really nice. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, there's, uh, I was looking at um, low temp plates also. I have some really nice ones. So, but there, I'm not sure how big the difference is, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can get every extraction system now as well as a home kit. You know, there's, there's some mad stuff out there. Again, coming from the US where it's, it's what legal, the legality has done. It's made a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff available, you know, um, yeah. because it's in demand. I think, I think Sasquats probably have good presses too. I'll get them up for a look after the show. So there's, with yeah, a few good companies now. Sorry, carry on, man. Yeah, no, there's, there's tons of companies going up now. So. I just wanted to get on to, to, to your strains then. So obviously they've been tested, like you said. I mean, when can we expect to see um, magma seeds seeds available? Are they still a long way off? Or, or? No, no, there's stuff available. I just, yeah. uh, I'm not heavy on the marketing. <laughs> I know, it's just looking at the website, obviously. But yeah, no fair play. So uh, how do people get hold of them? Let everyone know. Yeah, no, they can reach out to me on Instagram or um, cool. on, on my website. and I'll do my best to reply. Accordingly. <laughs> so you said that now you're going to get that wave of oh, give me seeds, give me seeds. Not can I buy seeds? You're going to get like 150 messages in. 
um, yeah. I yeah, know if uh, if people are medical, uh, I got free seeds for them. So fair play to you. So, so which strains are available at the moment? Just so everyone will know. If you if you lose it, a long long list. If you don't. Oh, um, I, I'll put you on the I spot have now. A, I, I have a, <laughs> I have the. Um, the Salomon, it's the Sambian with the lemon singer. I have a lot of that. I have a lot of Malawi, uh, and Malawi with the, the uh, Sambian lemon singer. And then I have um, uh, a lot of triple OG crosses with different stuff. Uh, the Yeti and some bog strains and. Um, Cookies and cream, and I have uh, also a little bit of uh, seeds with different stuff with uh, twenty-four carrot lemon singer crosses. But uh, all depends uh, what you're interested in, and then it's not like the thousands of seeds of the different ones. Some are, but some aren't. Yeah, I'll just uh, bring a link in chat for them. That's fair, yeah, man. Uh, some is very, very limited. I think um, maybe one, two packs available and others more. So I think People maybe a me. member, Crazy Dave, was going to do a grow out for you as well. So he might get to see some of them on the forums. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. I'm going to ship him some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy Dave's good for them, man. That's very cool that you do. I'm sure he's in similar part of the world, so they at least the, the genetics are really acclimatized already. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he wanted some indoor stuff though, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go full on subpoena crazy on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, put him to work, man. Get him to test out some fun stuff. <laughs> Give us an eight foot plants for his tent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, quickly turn to 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice though, because you said they can contact you, talk to you people, and it gets to talked to the breeder, and that's not the case with a lot of you know places you end up talking to a sales representative who probably doesn't really have the information that you want. So, yeah, fair yeah, play no, to you, mate. It's, it's just me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no, there's no reps. That's it. Uh, fair play, mate. So, yeah, as I said, we spoke to Tricon Jungle last week. I mean, it's nice to talk to a breeder that's hands-on, you know, is really doing the testing um, and, you know, the passion into it that you do. And you, then you can talk to that person and get to know that person, you know, and you're sitting on these shows taking the time out, talking to people, you know, so people can get to know you further. So it's really cool, mate, it is. And I think it goes a very long way with people, um, you know, with, with making choices with this tidal wave of breeders that seems to be out there at the moment so it's appreciate your time and um yeah i'll definitely be having a look myself so cool so is there anything new coming up or did it possibly uh, released always trying to get a bit of yeah, a, any uh, new 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 uh, stuff there's uh going to be not really quickly but uh once the the Yeti and the Triple OG that I'm working on, I have selected uh, males and females there. 
uh, I'm gonna do like a, probably run with most of my stuff just to find some lines so I can follow and then that's gonna be the new stuff probably coming first the lines that could work out of that so it's a year a year down the road maybe uh, so year, doing it year and a half yeah yeah no no maybe maybe in the new stuff that's it. I mean, you see, you've already got these lines selected, so it's obviously work going into them, and we're talking another year on top of that. So it's nice to hear. Yeah, no, I have. I'm gonna have to at least uh, like if people want uh, test stuff with no strings attached, uh, that's cool, you know. But uh, yeah. I'd I'd rather work uh, and look through stuff before I send it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's all about reputation, it's not about numbers. You know? And I think sometimes it is a numbers game in some areas of this industry. For some people, you know, get the numbers out. And that probably is where maybe the problems come from. We were talking about earlier with feminized and other, other issues. But yeah, no, it's, not, it's, it's refreshing to speak to people like yourself and see that the work's going in. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it makes people a lot more. With someone like myself, who's had a lot of seeds that have gone wrong, um, yeah, a lot more confident in... in in using your seeds and looking you up. So, yeah. Again, I'll put that link again in chat for everyone. Yeah, no, I tried to, to make that like a goal that uh, like the best stuff I found that I tried to improve it or mm. make it somewhat fit better into what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like if, if you get like something from both, it's cool, but also really cool when you get something new that you didn't see before. That is the beauty of all this freedom because every every single person is going to be obviously you're going to have traits that you're probably trying to fill certain traits, you know, because uh, to, to to more resilient this more, but it's going to have your unique stamp on it. It's going to be what you're looking for, and you know it will be the, your, the, the taste. And you said you're working with sativa, so there's certain traits you're looking for and that's going to come across in your genetics so yeah, that's no, the I'm beautiful thing in, about it so I'm mostly looking for like heavy heavy on the head <laughs> I like that though man that's I, I think uh, no I'm not going to say something I'm going to regret but I like that Europe likes those heavier narcotic strains to be honest and sticking with yeah, no, what I, you like is going to be the best ethic I enjoy that like there's a clear effect mm. like you don't smoke it and then you're like 20 minutes later you I prefer the stuff that I don't feel like I need to smoke right afterwards you know like it's it's nice when you want to smoke more of it because it's that good but you should be able to like smoke it go do some stuff and be like destroyed wherever you are Maybe struggling a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. Do you think a lot like, of the, the the crossbreeding these days between all different strains and that is is blurred the lines between the sativas and the indicas? Same GMO says that it's very it's hard to really label now, isn't it? Label a sativa. Yeah. No. I. I. I uh, I think there's a, a lot of hybrid uh, in all of 
almost all of it. Yeah. But uh, I still think like you can get really narrow leaf, uh, tall varieties that have like what I would consider more sativa traits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think some lines have those traits clear, and then there's like the middle where you get like. They kick out some small plants and really fast, and then you get like this weird, like kind of high. It's not really. It depends, you know how how the cross was made and if they stabilized it, how it's grown. So it's a lot, you know. But uh, once you kind of know what you're looking for I guess becomes easier to know where to look and what you're looking at you know and if it's yeah, for yeah. you or not and obviously with the amounts that you, you the sort of plants that you're talking about you're going to be able to hunt and find that a lot easier aren't you and then keep them back for future projects so so it's just as I say with people like us just you know eight ten plants tops it's a uh, it's, it's a completely different ball game. You have to be very, very lucky, you know. And even then, what we think is lucky probably isn't. Probably isn't that you know, special. There's, or that. there's a lot of stuff coming out from from any place. You know? yeah. I don't. Uh, I think that's the cool thing, you know, that uh, when you get the seeds, you give them away. Those people can do something with them. And if they find something they like and they take the story further, you know, I think that's a good thing. You know, see, this is something that came up last week and it's something that came up when I was on the debate with um, with Pete about it. So the tissue culture and people stamping their name on certain things. What's your stance with that, if that want me asking? And one thing I'm asking that because of what you said already tonight, every time you're talking about another person's genetics, you mention them. You know, that I like that. I really used to say I'm working with this from them, I'm working with that from them. But if the tissue culture thing was to take off and people were able to stamp it, what, 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 what's your stance on that with that side of it? Yeah, Again, no, I think, uh, I think there's a thing called breeder's exemption. Uh, at least uh, when I was talking to a patent lawyer, he told mm-hmm. me like uh, with cannabis breeding and all this, there's not really any prior data. So everything on the forum, you know, it's that's not that's not like public data because nobody entered it into like the public domain in a way that it's registered for patent lawyers to 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 look for. So once those dots from the past get connected, a lot of the patents are going to be like invalid. Okay, yeah, yeah, and and hard to to prove, uh, I guess. Uh, but there's like you can you can patent uh, like one cult uh, one cultivar like one pheno, uh, and that pheno you know in its oh. pure form will be yours to own. And okay, to okay. me, to me, you know, I think that's fair, you know. But the breeder's exemption is something that allows it to still be used by other growers to work with. So it's not like it's a closed door with the key locked 
you know it's yeah. still open for everyone to do whatever they want with yeah and people can say you know whatever they want you know but uh, i think that's like the, that's the real ball game you know and that's how it is yeah no it, uh, i asked that after a few things you said tonight you know, and i always said it's it's just the, the, the moral side of it as long as you know you're mentioning and, and, and acknowledging where things have come from if i was going to breathe and i was going to do that but i really i, I didn't know what you just said there now that, that makes me a lot more comfortable with the way with the, the discussions around this as in the fact, yeah, if it's a certain phenotype and someone wants to play with it and they've taken the time to grow it in their environment, they should be able to play with it. That's always been my stance on it. I'm not a breeder of any kind. It's just listening to the different debates, discussions, and yeah. yeah I, and I, then, I, and I, like people, I think people are going to be doing like uh, licensing agreements on their work. Yeah. A lot more. And I think that's fair. You know, if you, if you built the brand and... Yeah. You did uh, your hustle. Big up to them. Yeah. And go play. You know, it's uh, it's not like they're. I don't think most of the people that are having success are forcing anyone to go buy it. So it's like the market. Mm. It just always stuck with me since I, I didn't know it, before that debate. I had no idea about future cultures. If I'm honest. I'd heard it spoken about to show before that. And it was just, to me, everyone has to start somewhere, don't they? And everyone should have that yeah, opportunity no. to be able to start. Everyone starts with someone's genetics. I mean, unless you're working with lamb race, but then you're still working with that area genetics. I mean, that, that's the reality of it. So it's yeah, a, and a it's lot a of, a lot of land race. A lot of land race is really, it's not like one male pollinated the plant, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was multiple. This is so, it. So you get like quite a wide pheno expression. And then like because you get this many times, a lot of the not so desirable traits are also gonna be in there. So finding something desirable and taking that in a direction where you can kind of stabilize those traits that traits that you found. I think that's like the cool thing with land races in my perspective but uh, if people want to have it like super diverse forever so you're always gonna have plant like 300 seeds to find one good yeah that's like I don't, I don't know I think that's a different different road uh, just checking chat one second it's like if you really like carrots, you know, you wouldn't grow all the crappy carrots also just to keep the diversity. Yeah. You get rid, you get rid of all those shit carrots and <laughs> stuff that didn't produce anything desirable. So I think it kind of plays across the board. Oh, definitely. It's, I mean, it's, you said that with the land race. I mean, but you will find that they've been... Uh, selectively bred, haven't they? A lot of lamb. I mean, I, I know we're going to is it just saying that means it's not really a lamb race, but you know what I mean. There's in different areas where they're wild. I mean, they have been, you know, selectively using and breeding certain land race strains to produce more whichever charis, whichever. You no, know, 
over the years as well. So that was that's all it was for me. It really confused me. What you said there about you know the, the, the patents and and people being able to use it, the breeders' exemption. I mean, that cleared a lot of things up in my head. It makes me a lot more comfortable with the idea of it. That was my one sticking point. I didn't want to. If it's to say, if I wanted to go and play breeder for a year, start breeding something and put two plants together, that's not a correct way to do it, but you know what I mean, as an example. Yeah, no, and then I got told to you that. can't, you can't do that because that's his strain, you know. But, but if I've sort of yeah, bred, no, it, that's, bred it, that's not reality. Yeah, so, cool. Like, but but if you take their clone, mm. and they yeah yeah yeah, the process, if they did the process of registering that clone. Yeah, and you have it. It's just like if I bought trees from a super famous nursery, yeah, and I took those and I started cloning them, and I was like, ha ha ha, making millions selling that <laughs> in, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And then when they find out, you know, you're gonna have to cough up some money. Is that and, what happened uh, with and, it's the, Like two different breeders bred the same clones. And they're named the same thing, but they were both kind of like, well, we'll just keep it at that because they, it's essentially the same thing. <laughs> I've no idea. I've, I've only seen the yeah, story. No, I, I, I think like uh, it's it's different uh, outside of the regulated market because you can't really you can't really get any money out of it or stop people from doing business because it's all like not at that level I guess yeah it just ends, but, ends uh, up being a shit slinging contest instead Let's yeah still, the you know, if, if, if you if you if you bred with it uh, it might be something different that you're working with anyway so then there's no problem yeah, yeah. and those genetics that get put into tissue culture and registered uh are then sold to people that pay to use those genetics, just like we do when we go to the, the garden center. Yeah, man. Well, it's just the same, you know. Like... It's just it's just like a different level. It's it's very yeah. small and very niche. And in the future, it's gonna probably be much wider, and you're gonna have popular varieties that uh, they're gonna be able to do stuff like that, license it to other nurseries across the world, and then. You can get that uh, recognized brand, you know. Yeah, I think that's kind of what the community is almost waking up to now. Like, even if your pack of seeds says in its name X, you're still gonna have X one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, no, it's just wrong. like it's just like if you have kids, you know, they're not yeah. gonna look similar. Yeah. Every one of them, they they could be like so many varieties. So it's you can look at it like colors or smells taste or anything you know like from five base colors you can build you know like a universe and you can imagine then when you have like all these different genetic factors in the cannabis plants how many uh, different varieties you can get within within that you know oh yeah man it, it's deep as shit um yeah, I, I'm hoping to yeah, talk no, to I think that's who has got a bit of expertise that's when, like, in it soon. But it's that's like when yet. the million, million plant hunts become interesting. When you can look for those like really strange stuff that you wouldn't find or that can take that stuff to the in 
industrial agricultural level where you don't have to do like uh, a lot of pests uh, or where you take out the problems you know yeah that that's where at the point where data becomes really powerful because you've got your own gene pool your own database of information on your own genetics to work from and you can kind of use the gene stabbing and all the rest of that technology to really progress you fast but it's building that information of your own in the first place so it takes a little bit of time yeah i think uh, oregon cbd uh, does like really cool projects from what i've seen and a lot of other cool breeders uh, many places really breeders in south africa breeders in canada people doing good stuff all over mm. as you say it's all the information is out there now it's always out there but i mean you, you can access it so much easier now it's an amazing time we're living it really is yeah, no, it used to be quite a pain to find all the information. Of course. I mean, someone like yourself, especially, you're trying to track down different genetics. I mean, how would you do it without Instagrams and obviously emails and websites? I know, you know what I mean? It's very different, very different back in the day. And for, you know, if you're in the industry as you are to do what you're going to do, it's, it's, it's got to be a very cool time to be, to be doing it, you know? And if you're making the contact, I mean, you, you can literally sit down and talk to someone. You know, you'll have like the different companies that have the different accounts of the different people on there. You can you can sit down and talk directly to somebody. Like I said, like you said, I can contact you on the website or on um, on Instagram. But I can sit down and talk to you as the breeder. I can do that. It is it's a very cool time to be living in for us anyway. So yeah. So I'm just looking at yeah, the time, no. mate. I'll be mindful of the fact you're an hour in front, aren't you? Always getting mixed up. I think you're an hour in front of us. It's 11.30 there, is it? No, no, it's 10.30. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's no stress. Okay, cool, cool. I'm just sitting out on the balcony. Chilling out. But it's nice and warm there, isn't it, as well? Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my weak spots. <laughs> so I was saying earlier, yeah, it wasn't just the plants, it was the sun. We've had one of them days yeah. today where it's been... Like just cold, windy, hot, cold, windy, rain, hot, hot, rain, windy, cold. Every ten minutes throughout the entire time, it's bloody mad. Yeah, April shower yeah, is a month late. Yeah, yeah. It's been really cloudy here after the planes uh, stopped flying. Like I'm, I'm on the Canary Islands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been very different weather it's like most of the time before you couldn't see like clouds uh, covering the island it was out at sea you could see the rain or you could see it like on top of the mountain but now it's like more the whole island being covered so it's uh, something different it's been like that for a year now and getting much greener here, so that's good. That's all the work you're doing, man. That's all your plants are bringing rain to the island. Well, yeah. <laughs> Is that rejuvenating yeah. everything over there? Yeah. I know my my, my neighbour was going to do some, some yoga dance or something to bring the rain, but I'm not I'll sure. Get that if filmed. Put that on your Instagram. 
yeah, rather not. So, Spazino, given that now I know whereabouts you are, I mean, is droughts and things? I mean, how how's that going to be with the amount with the, the large amounts of plants you're talking about? I mean, I don't know how yeah, it no, works. It's uh, it's uh, I get my water from a water company. Okay, and and most most of the water has been put into galleries. Uh, from the top of the mountain and then it's like piped out from there so yeah now most of the water is being sold <laughs> unless you get like a share in one of the galleries yeah 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 oh, yeah so as long as you'd be alright with it in the summer it gets very very hot in the summer yeah uh... no, I have a, I have a really big water tank yeah like super big so I have that full of water and then I have water uh, that I can put direct in the lines also available most of the time so but uh, yeah I have to water a lot especially when the summer comes mm. hard it's uh, but uh, no I, I don't really feel like the, the plants have a problem with it uh, the, the cannabis at least yeah i did like uh, when i when i go in natural soil i do like uh, half meter down I, I dig like a big hole either or like beds and then i flip uh, all that stuff because like all the stuff i've been in here it's been really compact and as soon as you break it up and you add a little bit uh, organic matter and add some compost and a little bit mulch on the top, it's like really amazing because we have this volcanic soil. Mm. So it's just like the compaction. That's the worst problem and breaking that cycle. So you're doing it right. It's just, you know, you're making it doing that yourself and uh, making it so it will be yeah I have a lot of uh, other plants also uh, like flowers and chilies and different berries and stuff like that so should we do is that part of the the idea of making a living out there as well is that just feed yourself and Uh, yeah at at the moment just for feeding myself, uh, yeah. uh, some of the fruit trees aren't really that big that they produce enough for me to. But uh, I think my bananas probably I'm gonna have to sell. I think oh, I have like th- thousand bananas, so I don't think oh, I can eat all that. Cool, I think I could. <laughs> my own bananas, yeah, I'll, I'll get from. Don't worry, I'll eat them. <laughs> but that's a thing. We can't grow nothing like that. We can. We can selectively pick some mad stuff but not like bananas and pineapples and all oh, mate I'd love that I'd love all that well you say that Kino man we are super lucky where we are that you could kind yeah. of get away with it if you were committed but you're, yeah. you're absolutely right it's not like you can create uh, an outdoor tropical food forest tomorrow that takes a lot yeah, of planning need, and shit you need those cooperative uh, greenhouses going yeah. This is it with the little rocket. I love that the, the rocket's dove in there, man. 
I mean, I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. Honestly, I mean, there's times when I've not been able to grow for periods of time indoors because kids and whatever else, and I never thought of that. Yeah, never thought you, of that. It's you, amazing. You can, those, you can get those wavy roofs. Yeah. Uh, if you look on um, Cuban Grower or something, the guy that makes really nice dry sift, um, he, I think he has some posts where he'd done almost that. And you can like if you if you have enough space, you can use like one six hundred watt. And when you put it up there, if you put it a little bit like maybe a meter taller than your canopy or a little bit more, maybe two, you can see like the footprint of the light. And uh, just for like veg before the before the winter comes you know and you let things go natural you can get very much from very little I get the most out of an area yeah and yeah know, like you could run a you could run a big greenhouse on two or three six hundred watts yeah on a, either a solar or like a generator and like through the summer could do like uh, like three nets on the plants or you could do like uh, flowers and stakes around all your plants yes it's just, uh, I've always wanted to do something outside but I tried one year and it just did, it was an auto and like you said um, earlier they're a bit of a Bit different from doing a photo outside, then it was just a complete disaster. I never tried again, but I just didn't. And then you're giving me these ideas. I'm like, yeah, seeing the net now, I've got, I could find the passion for it and um, and do it. Find the, I like tinkering with kit. I like designing rooms, like I said, and that, that, that's where my real right of getting my, my hands dirty. So I'm already trying to think now how I could fit something where I'm going to be moving to in a greenhouse. So yeah, yeah. There, there was a there was a UK guy in a gorilla suit. Uh, back on Icy Mag in the days, uh, and uh, he did like really cool outdoor growth in the UK. So it's possible, man. I think it just takes kind of planning and incredibly good neighbors. But because we were mentioning, yeah, water, no, do you have like an irrigation system and stuff for you. For, yeah, for no, I have I have an irrigation system. Is that uh, like a gravity fed lines or? Uh, it's pressure, pressurized. Uh, so I have like uh, two liter per hour drippers. Okay. Is that for the, like your whole greenhouse or like? You no, know, for I the imagine... whole property. Wow. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's uh, a lot of space to water. So. Uh, I'm looking at uh, getting some um, water measuring devices that I can stick in the ground. And I've been looking at different brands. And I really like Onset. They have like this three three depths that you can bury it into. Uh, so you get like a really broad measuring surface. And... Uh, you can connect those 
So you either just get a reading or you can connect them to a solenoid valve. And then I can automate everything on the farm with uh, putting those like in the, the right zones. So I think I think that's like the what I'm going to do. I like that, man. I like that a lot. I, I kind of go into the permaculture stuff and watched a lot of people putting in irrigation systems that were like timers and stuff. But it does seem like having a solenoid system just gives you so much more flexibility, so much easier to maintain. Yeah, especially if you connect it to like uh, sensors, uh, even or you can do like uh, watering computer or anything, and then you can have like uh, I think it's watermark uh, the aerometers. Uh, uh, those are nice. Also, you get like a small digital probe that you can bury in the soil. Yeah. And then you can just take like this little reading thing that you can have in your hand and you can walk around and you can just read the different stuff. And those are really nice. That's really cool. I think Blue yeah, Labs so. brought out a multimeter kind of thing. For, you know, I, I want to say it was only doing soil medium pH and maybe EC, but when you're looking for moisture meters and stuff to get your boring on yeah, I was looking at. To be the way. Yeah, aerometer is nice, and I was looking at the web page called Forestry Suppliers or Forestry Supplies or something, and they had like a really nice range of different uh, moisture measuring devices, from like because some it depends what you need it for. You know, are you going to walk around and stick it everywhere, or can you place it one place and leave it there and just like have it read. So it's nice to have like uh, alternatives depending on your needs. Yeah, and even to be able to check the kit so that you can kind of make sure one system's working properly with another one. Yeah, and some of them you can get like uh, 3G on and then you can just like broadcast it so you get the reading on your phone. Um, I'll keep my tinfoil hat in the drawer for this episode. I get paranoid as shit when data came, comes into the equation. But, but yeah, man, having full control of the farm like that, it must save you so much time so you can actually be doing that, the hands-on effort to maintain the place. Like... Yeah, no, it's uh, it's not much time that goes to the watering, luckily. It's, uh, it's just like, just I just walk and check on the watering always because, you know, you never know if the the lions are gonna act crazy, or sometimes stuff happens, you know. But uh, yeah, man. most of the time, you find remember. the weak spots. I can't remember who I was saying to the other day, but that crop scouting and just being stood and looking—it's just so much value in that time. If even if you're not using a watering, like, you'll spot things that need to be sorted. Yeah, no, and I I left the natural vegetation uh run free so i have to make sure it don't grow where it's not supposed to because i'm trying to let it take over so i can do as much chop and drop as i want and have a little bit free mulch that was something i was going to ask you earlier actually do you kind of grow any of your own inputs on site like 
Humphreys or Alfalfa and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I do uh, le- leguminous plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have uh, like other deep uh, rooting plants that I use uh, to get like the nutrients back in the soil. And um, yeah, I, I want to get some comfort for the farm, uh, definitely. And I'm gonna do some composting, some thermophilic composting once I get done mulching my whole property. It sounds like you're almost still in the point where you're kind of encouraging the life to take over. So you've got enough to start building compost with. Yeah, no, I really, I really am because it's uh, hard to get good material because I'm on a small island and many people use chemicals and it's hard to trust that anything you get is really what you're asking for. Yeah. So I try to do as much of my own input as I can. And uh, it's like uh, the first year it's super dry and then you start to see the wild vegetation go in, you know, and you can kind of see where it's moving and three, four years down the line, I should be able to more or less just like drop stuff and it should grow different places. Whereas now I really have to nurture everything. It's rewarding work, as I was saying earlier, to to see that happen over years. You know, that's got to be very, very rewarding work. Yeah, and then I have to put in swales also on the whole property. So, and I'm going to do that like... uh, mostly by hand I think so yeah. so it's an interesting story and it's it's um, it's probably going to be a selling point for you I'd imagine the amount of time effort and passion and work gone into it for you to get to where you want to be you know so yeah yeah no it's, it's really fun and um, now that I'm getting to spread out a little bit more on the land and introduce more stuff uh, it's been like almost Pause for one year because of this COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to start to do like more imports of different uh, exotic fruit uh, varieties. Yeah. And see That'd if I can cool. play around a little bit with that. Yeah, yeah. So. That'd be cool. Do, just see Mum mentioned chat about always. Do, do you work? Do you do any always? You just saying you you've worked with or not work with, as in make available. What? Sorry. What did you? Oh, as I, was just, I was just saying, um, someone in chat, my mum mentioned about autos. Um, is that something that you do? Or uh, no, uh, I did back in the days when I yeah. was living in, up in the north. Yeah. And um, uh, I was uh, working with um, the Sweet 105 from Dr. Green Thumb Seeds from up in Canada. Yeah. And uh, I did uh, F. F2 on those because they were regular and they finished uh, in good time. I just did a little bit of pre-veg uh, before I put them out. I, like I started them in March, I think. Yeah. Just to make sure I had, and then I put them out in May. Uh, and they did good. And I had a lot of friends that wanted to do like more outdoor 
and they were trying like supersonic and they had good results with that but they were like it's not really that great smoke you know and I was looking at all the low rider stuff and all those things so uh, I was planning when I was living in up there to do autos for just to get something that I could get finishing uh, naturally outdoors yeah so I could kind of go crazy you know and just plant out thousands and thousands uh, in <laughs> everywhere and just be like I'll check on all these spots and yeah 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 and then somewhere and some will be gone and some will be there you know and once you start doing your own auto seeds you know you're never going to have or you're always going to have enough you know mm. and especially if you do like if you do one auto just for just for breeding your own seeds you know just for playing with outside because that was that was my goal with autos. I wanted to make a variety that I could just like have ten thousand seeds every year, just put them out everywhere 10, in like, for, yeah. forests and stuff like uh, where maybe someone sees it, maybe not, you know. And the climate should take care of it, uh, especially yeah. if you do it like uh, on the side of lakes. Mm. It's always like like I remember we used to plant out. The stuff and it didn't finish but we would plant it along the side of the highway uh, and it was like two meters from where all the cars drove and it was like this small fence and fissures everywhere around it and those plants were never touched and we do, did that for years and it was always fun you know to see it when you drove by <laughs> mm, I'll bet yeah but uh, they never finished they always ended up like Dead freaks. Yeah. That's the all I done. I remember you saying about doing some I thought you meant that was in your right your growing days. I'm I, 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 as I thought I didn't know it was in factor into the breeding side of it. But the one of what I did, I always say it was a always say ended up like a lavender plant that was a bud structure on it. It was just it was no good for over here. But I was a bit further north than I am now. It might be a bit better down where I am now. But as Jim O said, we're very we seem to be very lucky this thin strip on the south. Seems to get a lot better weather, or a lot yeah, no, less I bad weather. So I think it's almost strange that you don't see more people working with like large autos. Yeah, well, the thing I always say about the autos, ten, twelve years ago, they were a lot more um, hit and miss or temperamental than they are now. But there are some yeah. amazing autos out there. I mean, some of the big, biggest plants that I see are autos and, and that's that's crazy you know but they because you don't really tra train them so heavily so they they tend to get that much more natural structure because you can't scrub them and you know bend them into your will how you want them I've, some of the autos you see now it, it, it I, I think they must have got mixed up and it must be a photo period but they're not they're autos they are huge yeah, no, I, think, I think there's a better building block now than there were back in the day yeah and uh, i'm not playing around without this but uh I hear a lot of people being happy with it, so... Yeah. I, 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 I always say with the autos, I do see a place for them, but I mean, I also don't, once you've grown, and uh, they get pushed on new new growers a lot. I mean, seed banks and breeders will say, a uh, plant that will do everything for you, and the lighting, just leave it on the same. But the reality is, the only real difference is the lighting, and you can do a lot more of a photoperiod plant. So I think as more information becomes available, I, I see... I just 
from my own opinion, I think photoperiod plants will be more predominant as they are now, but more so as we move forward. I mean, autos have a place, but you know, the, the only difference really is that is the lighting, and they're often pushed as the easiest plant to grow. And me and Jim have done a, a, a one of these type of discussions on it, and they're not really. I mean, it's just it's a time bomb. Once you light the fuse, it's that's it. You know, you're going to be in flower in three or four weeks, and you, there's no time to correct any issues. So, but I think I with guess the, I'd, sorry, I guess I'd like to see more regular autos, maybe. Yeah, no, that would be interesting because that's something you don't really see. Oh, I don't really see anywhere over here is people with regular. Because then you can kind of then you can kind of select the best ones that work for you. Yeah, and yeah. Once you do that for a few years, you have like a seed stock that you can share in your community. Yeah, and people can be like, just throw this one out, and you'll be good, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I feel like the the, the feminite is a little bit like a. It's like to prevent people from <laughs> spreading it in yeah. some way, you know. And I don't, I don't understand it. If it's like cannabis warriors, you know, why, why you don't want people to have it? Yeah, I said that to Everybody somebody the other day, it. man. If people wanted, if it was that good, they'd almost be handing it out because a real grower and stoner wants other people to try. They're fucking amazing. It's that hippie mentality almost still, isn't it? Even if it's not, we're not all full hippies, but. That is there, share the love, and, and that's the community side. That's what I was panicking about, I'm not going back to the same conversation, but people being able to patent shit, and you know, it takes that away a little bit because that, that's what it seemed, that's what it's always been. It's been, a, uh, you know, even on a commercial scale, I suppose, it's, it's, it's yeah, there's no rule book with what we do. You know, it's just a plant, and I think we, uh, there's a lot of comparisons now being drawn to normal agriculture, which is right, it's a plant. But it's always been, you know, the bro science of it and, you know, uh, the sharing the love and getting the seeds to people and doing things. And I'd hate to see that side of it disappear. Because Yeah, uh, no, I think if people want to be, like, going to court over their stuff, you know, they probably better off with the brand. Yeah. And then there's better laws for that, I guess. Yeah, and that will come into play as things legal, legal around the world. I mean, it's, just, it's, part of, it's coming. Yeah, no, more, I, more I saw, I saw, I think Skittles mm. was getting some heat today. Today? I don't know if it's news yeah. today or not, you know, I saw it today, but it didn't look very cool uh, for them. Uh, and I guess it's uh, only question for for some other mm. but uh yeah i don't like i don't think the the pattern thing thing really i guess what depends what your end goal is you know if it's really relevant or not yeah yeah i think some of the patterns are uh, i don't mind you know if uh, if i could get stuff from verified breeders uh their selected gear I, I don't see a problem with paying a good price for that and yeah, make sure yeah. that they are involved in the process. Yeah. I think that's cool, Cool, really. If if I could do that, I would be happy to. And, and yeah. Good for them, you know, that they put the work in. It's a great analogy, but it's almost like getting a minted coin versus buying a used coin that 
you can kind of confirm is what it is by looking at it. Like you'd yeah, be yeah. so much more secure having the certification to know it is. But sometimes, if it looks good enough and you can bite it, and it still feels like gold, it's still it's still gold. Like uh, no, it's good enough. Yeah, and it's in the, it's in the value of the of the user too, I guess. Like yeah. some people uh, love strains, you know, and maybe you don't love it yourself. Uh. But uh, that's like it's like that with so many things. So uh. it's like the perceived value for the for the individual user. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you're you're paying for that reassurance, and I mean that that's something I think everyone would do, you know, as well. So yeah, it's just as I say, it's a real interesting years to come, and I can't wait to see it all, man. I think we're going to be some amazing things are going to be happening in many different areas of this this hobby or the industry that we we all sort of fit into. And we are very yeah, very cool. Where, where it gets sour is where where people get. I think it tends to get sour when people take like maybe data that they shared from others. Yeah, and they and they use it without permission or out like like the more obvious uh, ways of going behind your back you know yeah 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 so you said did like if you share if you share a cut with somebody and you tell them not to work with it mm. I think that's very different than if you like if you sold seeds and they're on the market yeah yeah no I I get the clone thing the clone thing's a, a, a bit different isn't it um, to seeds so yeah it's um it's, I, 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 Jim always said, it, I just don't want us to lose that, the, the bro science and that. But we're going to have to. You know, the thing is, when, it, when it's been, you know, almost, um, you, you can't shout about what you do and how you do it in, for many years in every country until recently. Now, that's been the way it is. It's been hush hush. It's been bro science. It's been, you can have this, you can have that. But, it's the commercial side, but we have to ride that wave. And I know I'm don't used to have the data collection, open source, keep it in the hands of the community. Then everything should be all right with that, with, with, with the data and not being used incorrectly and people not taking the piss out of it, basically. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's going to be better in many ways once uh, that data becomes accessible for everyone. Yeah. Definitely. Right, I've done two hours of your time, Magnusid. I don't want to take the mic because I'd like to talk to you again at some point, uh, if possible. So I not want you sat here for four hours. But um, is there anything we didn't talk about that you'd, you'd like to mention to do with your seeds and the brand and et cetera, et cetera? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Um, uh... And, What's your uh, most exciting cross at the moment? What's oh the yeah, one you're really waiting to see what the flowers do. Um, like uh, all my yeti crosses that I haven't uh, been able to test yet, mm. uh, and some blue taro stuff from from Bodhi that I did some crosses with. I'm very excited for, and uh, everything with the twenty four. Uh, Carrot lemon singer, I'm very excited for. <laughs> it's, uh, <You're> <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite excited for all of it. 
If not, I'd probably just get rid of it. I try to try to be very strict with what I keep and what I don't. There's a lot of stuff that, like, uh, maybe, maybe I would like to see an improvement and I could hit it with some of my stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that, like, I guess I see why people think it's good and stuff. But uh, like, I don't know, like, it's maybe like a lot of flavor and not really good high on a lot of stuff. Have you grown any? Dosey dough or dosey dough crosses? No. no. That's pretty much my token at the moment of pretty much what you're <laughs> explaining. It is fire to smoke, but I don't want to grow it ever. <laughs> you want to smoke it? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I figured there's uh, so many people doing like work with all those strains already. Yeah. That I don't need to be like that that guy in the room with the same shirt. Hell yeah. Everything you said tonight. Respect to that, man. Yeah, everything you said tonight, that one just hit home hard with me, man. Be a little bit different, you know what I mean? You're still working quality stuff. You don't need to be doing the same as everybody else. I like that, man. Yeah, and there's so many lines from so many good breeders that just get, like, forgotten. Because maybe one one of them, you know, got, like, some mad hype. And then it's like, what about all these other ones? Mm. Uh, I don't hear anyone using those for anything. Yeah. And they just disappear. And uh, I think there's so much room, you know, for everyone to find lines that uh, aren't being talked about. But uh, but the breeders themselves that made them actually talk about those lines. And they're like, it's like there's, uh, there's not a connection always between those two things. Uh, which is and, mad, really, because a person's talking about it with a passion for a reason. You know, but it's just that hype, hype, hype goes bang, bang, bang. Yeah, and one jumps on it. And there's so many people with so high numbers that want that hype because, like, like you hear stories about uh, in the states, they say yeah. like at that moment, that strain, you know, or that variety was so on top of everything that everybody just wanted to buy that. Yeah. And when the market is like that, you know, it's like such a wave. Uh, Those people trying to surf the wave, I don't even see, like you can, you can catch that wave when they're done, I guess. And then you can play with it. Yeah. It still has some interest because like at that moment, I feel like uh, I don't see like my big interest in going after projects like that. No, no, I, I really like what you what you're saying and how you give on the back. I'd be a bit different. Work with the stuff that's like, still like obviously I could probably sell feminized seeds like mad if I did mm. that. Yeah. But uh, I I know it's not really um, it's not really what I'm after. Yeah, uh, it would be like a cool thing to do, I guess. But then in the long run, it would be like. Uh, Walking in circles for me, I guess. Yeah, it wouldn't take me anywhere that I want to go with my work. You know, it's it'd just be yeah. like another reproduction. I think it get boring in the end. It could take some of your passion out of it. You know, doing that, you, you've got to follow what you want to do, and clearly doing that, mate. And it's uh, it's very cool to hear. Very cool to hear you talk about it. So I'm definitely yeah, no, interested think, to see. 
I think uh, cannabis should be like uh, easy and accessible to everyone. Yeah. That's how I'd like to see it. Make more people being able to do like whatever they want with the plant. Yeah. Grow as many as they want, wherever. This is what I always say. You get people say about no plant numbers, you don't need more than four. Uh, For some people, it's about, you know, finding certain phenos. I'm 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 not talking on your level of breeding. I'm just saying there's over here, so someone that wants to grow 16 plants, I mean, it's a lot of plants for something personal, but I mean, it's... Yeah, but not really, you know, it depends how you run it. Yeah, this is it, but yeah, this is this is it. So that's the thing, is, as you say, what I'm getting at is, is it's be accessible to everyone to do what they want and how they want, like you said. You hit the nail on the head. That's, that's the beauty of cannabis, and that's what it should be. And that's how I hope it stays. I really, really hope it stays that way. Um, yeah, and you'd you think it would so do. People smoke at such different levels, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So for one guy, you could have like a plant, he harvests that, and he has that the summer. Mm. And, you know, he smokes like, I don't know, maybe a joint a day or maybe a joint a week, you know. People are different. So, but like for me, if I could, I don't know, if I could grow four plants, you know, those would have to be some big plants if I was going to yes, stay yeah. in my own use. Yeah, yeah. And I think many people feel like that, you know, like, it's it's cool, you know, that they say like, uh, okay, you can do this or this number, but then if you like grown for a while, you're probably going to be tempted to grow a few more seeds so you can find that special one. Yeah. And are you going to spend like 18 years to find it? <laughs> and if like, or 80 years, you know, it, yeah. it becomes a really bad number game for anyone that has a passion for collecting seeds. This is this is it. But that, that, but that's what I was getting to saying earlier about you know if you can just go and buy a seed that does everything you want genetically, you know, made up for you. That, that that's the beauty of it. I mean, I, I've grown plants I would never have grown, you know, because I've grown something and you know I look down the genetic line where it's come from because it's done something real special for me. Or and then <clears throat> I then I, you know then I start following and now I'm rabbiting rabbiting a hole off. Are you talking three, four, five months at a time here on a grow? So these rabbit holes are deep and they go off, you know, but I would never have noticed that. I would never have tried to look for that trait if I hadn't have grown that plant, which I wouldn't have grown if I hadn't have grown another plant that I probably wouldn't have grown. You know, that, that, that's the, the beauty of it. It's rabbit holes all over the place. Yeah. So it's mm. a beautiful, beautiful hobby. And obviously someone like yourself being able to go and do what you're doing and uh, hopefully do very, very well with it and um, make a living out of it. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's yeah, cool. I think the... My goal for my different lines is to make like stuff that is like you don't have to be like uh, one pheno expression, but it should be st- stable enough that people get like a good uh, keeper. Yeah, I think, uh, and and then it comes back to you know again, what is your good keeper? You know, what are you looking for? But uh, yeah, I think there it. are certain things that you can put on the list uh, that should be able to be achieved by a good keeper. Yeah, yeah. 
But that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Because everyone will have, I mean, there'll be, they said, there'll be the fundamental reasons for a keeper. Everyone will have their different boxes and everyone will have the different boxes to tick, sorry. And everyone will have their different tastes and the different types of high stones. You know, it's, it, it, it's mad. And, and that's, that's the diversity that I love about what we do and why I have far too many seeds. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what, what's really fun when you do like big runs and you see like one plant. And you can have like 100 plants in the room or more, 200 plants. And you just see that one plant, you know, that's all you see when you go into the room because it just shines so much brighter than everything else. And that's that's like a very cool thing to experience. Of course, yeah. That, that's the, that's why I'd, I'd normally do eight, it's only eight again. But I mean, the size cells we've got, I'd like to run the same strain from seed. And then I like to find that one and then I run that same one from clone. You know, to really see if it is what I thought it was. It's a long process. I mean, for, for, for anyone to do is you just in that there, to, just to try and find it. What I class as a keeper, I'm not breeding with it. It's just for me to keep a mother plant. But, you know, that's that's yeah. taken eight months to a year for me to, to, to do that, to find one out of a packet of seeds. Or if I'm lucky enough to find one, then I'm running it again from clone just to make sure that wasn't something to do with the environment or something else that done it. So Yeah, and I think if you, if you start with like... Uh a good breeder's genetic uh, you're most likely going to be able to find a really good keeper that you can clone and, and keep for a, for a long time hopefully yeah yeah I mean is it... it's just like there's so much people that work like I look at it a little bit like uh, if if everything they have is what everybody else has uh, what's unique about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, uh, and and I, I some some people, uh, maybe they were the first or they started that whole wave, you know. And then all due respect, you know. But uh, there's a lot of people that uh, didn't and are running a lot of stuff that. I don't, I don't know. I don't see the improvement all the time, you know. No, no. Having tasted like the original of something and then, or like from the seeds itself and found a good pheno and then like you see other, other strains with that stuff in and that you're looking at because you want the same thing you had and you're like, man, it's nothing like what I had, you know, and of course it's a different pheno, you know, and sometimes you people don't select for the same thing, I guess. Yeah. I've said this before on a, on a podcast. I think it got taken wrong. Um, but when you hear about these strains, or if you are lucky enough to go to, say, the US, because it's a lot of clones over there. People are trading clones because they can. It's a bit different in countries where you're not supposed to do that sort of thing. So you'll hear about a gelato or your sherbets, but then I'll buy a packet of seeds, and, you know, the chance, it's not going to be everything I experienced when I first smoked that strain or see that strain more likely. You see a beautiful plant on Instagram and everyone's raving about it and there's a lot of hype around it. And you go and buy that packet of seeds. You know, if a packet of five yeah, seeds, might... it's a very, very slim chance you're going to hit that golden ticket, you know? Yeah, you, you might be lucky if you yeah. if the breeder had the exactly. cut and uh, yeah. he did like what he said he did. Uh, you never know, you know? There's... Yeah. Um, there's like uh, where did they get the clone? <laughs> yeah, 
And this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and where did that person get to go? <laughs> and, then then we, and then we're starting to dig a little bit deeper, and then we find out that uh, most of the time you don't get that story. Yeah. Sometimes. At least not without look, not without looking deep. But uh, yeah, I think it's cool when breeders give the whole story, and it's true. Yeah, I like the story, man. But sometimes I wonder if we are getting bogged down with heritage and we're not caring about good ways enough. Yeah, no, like I say, it's a lucky draw, you know. Uh, it, uh, I think uh, anyone can be lucky with the random cross also, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah. And a lot of these big names, man, they were bag seeds originally and now they're the heritage that you're looking for in your breeding and people's breeding yeah. projects. So I don't know. I'd, I'd like to just throw a spanner in the work sometimes to. Yeah, no, rolling I don't, idea. I don't, real, I don't run with any clones myself, but, uh, but uh, I think like if you do feminized stuff, it's nice. At least if it's like a S1, it's nice to see a little bit story about where the stuff came from. Yeah. It always, it always uh, relaxes me a little bit more if if those things match up with what's been said. Yeah. Like, so if you go digging, you know, and the yeah. story don't match at all, you know, who's lying? Is it the other guy or... I, I guess, like, if, if, you, if you don't go through, like, all the forums and stuff when you do, like, research like that, you can be taken in many directions, but uh, I found in many strains that if you if you like go a little bit deep into it, you can at least like see what people's experiences are. Yeah, and you can use that to guide you. Um, research, research, research. You can often get a feel for people. Yeah. Easily now, through forums, through social media. You, you, as I said, I keep saying, you can get to know someone almost by the way they are on them platforms. Yeah. So, yeah. And there, there are seed companies, obviously, that are running multiple seed companies. Yeah. And doing a lot of stuff. And it's hard, really, to say if it's top-notch or not. Yeah. As you said, it's, 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 a summit, it's a numbers game, isn't it? It's a, a commercial no, numbers game. So I don't have a problem with any of them. Really, they're free to do whatever they want, all of them, and people can buy whatever they want. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. Uh, gr- great of them for doing breeding also, you know, if, if nobody did it. Yeah, that's very true. Seeds, uh, it's very true. I think so, they're all, all helping out one way or another. I think the right ethos and the right idea and the right morals, more importantly, will shine through in the end and you definitely tell that you've got them by talking to your mate. So it's been a pleasure. And and, and the morals, I think, it's not like one moral across the line. I think everyone has their own reasons, you know, for what they do and why they do it. So, like, why I choose to work with regulars should not motivate other people to not do feminized or, or the other way around you know it's yeah 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 like you said earlier man it, there's enough of the market that you can kind of fill a niche for everybody which is really nice yeah 
So, yeah. All right, well, that's been a while now, so I think we'll start wrapping it up. But, um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure tonight, mate. And, and as I keep saying, not being as happy about it, very lucky to get to talk to people like yourself. And you can really tell, you know, the, the way that you, reasons that you're doing it, the passion that you've got with it, and, you know, it's, that you're doing it for the for your reasons. But, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons as well, as far as if I was wanting to buy a packet of seeds, it would be, I'd feel very comfortable buying from someone like yourself after talking to you and um, getting to know you. So fair play to you, mate. And it's um, a breath of fresh air in this modern world that we live in. So very, very cool. Cool. Thanks for the invite. So, well, um, I'll, I'll also make sure to get you the numbers for the Friday hangout as well. So if we're ever having yeah, a conversation that where I don't know, the peaks are interesting, you're like, hang on a minute, they're talking shit. I need to jump in here and fucking correct them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll make sure you got the numbers for the Friday hangout as well, dude. Yeah, cool. So we should get a few on there. Just random people popping in, popping out through the night, but it's turned into a cool little night of Fridays. But um, I'll bang the link back in chat again for everybody. Um, this is the website, yeah, thanks, Jim. Thanks to everyone that uh, listened in on uh, YouTube also. I'm, I'm not on YouTube because I'm on my phone, so thanks. There were a few questions, but I think we filled, uh, fielded most of them in the conversation, which was quite nice. Okay, cool. You done well. Well, yeah, it was a really nice conversation, man. I'm really grateful for your time. You know, I, definitely, like I say, if you want to jump on the Friday nights, just pop in. Even if it's just we're talking about random nothing, and you're bored, it, it, that's what the Friday nights are for. It's just random stone and chit chat. So, yeah, but I'll put the link back in there. GMO's done the Instagram. Obviously, check out Magma and hit him up. Um, uh, obviously, get the seeds, and she want to know more about the genetics and that. So it's just a very cool thing to be able to do so definitely do that but Magma is there any if you've got your Instagram and your website is there anywhere else that they can be, you can be contacted or found or you sit in the address we'll turn up tomorrow morning just <laughs> <laughs> those two <laughs> okay cool man right if, um, if they contact on my website I can I answer by email cool, cool. when I see it when he's so, busy man. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I try to, I try to check in regularly. So, I'm trying not to let people feel like they're being ignored. No, you're very busy. Uh, you say what you've been doing, changing the the local soil to your own. So, yeah, big old farm to manage. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna have to mulch heavy tomorrow. It, that's what I call it when I'm waking bacon. I'm just going to go mulch hard. Mulch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do it, I do it literally afterwards. <laughs> Don't blame oh. you, mate. Right. We'll, we'll wrap it up. But uh, i a massive thank you, Magma C, for joining us. And um, it's been a pleasure. And everyone in chat cool. for listening in. Um, we'll be back Friday um, as normal. And yeah, definitely check out Magma Seeds on. Instagram and a website links have been posted throughout the chat. But um, everyone stay safe. Massive thank you, Magma, GMO. Cool as always, man. Thank and, you. Um, we will speak to you all soon. Yes. Have a good evening.